Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the man that holds an associate arts degree. And believe me, that's right. He respects all the rights and privileges that come with that degree. The notorious Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Say what? What's up, Dr. Gordon? You know, they they say that, like, sort of deal, you know, at at graduations. They're like, we're inferring all the rights and privileges uh, that are bestowed upon you for this degree or something to that effect. And you're like... What is what does it allow me to cast spells on people? What the hell? It's like, so I mean, we might be we might be pushing a little too much. We might be. I don't know. I don't know. Did they do that with your associate's degree, Mike? Did you do you remember that? Did they, or did they just Actually, like throw it at your mail. head? Okay, yeah, FedEx. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was meaningful when that guy handed it to you. Here you go. Thank you, <laughs> exactly. sir. Thank yeah. you. I took a picture with him. I was like, thank you. Uh, he's really confused. <laughs> Can we just pause on the handshake? Thanks. Yes, yeah, amazing. Uh, Mike, you know me. I'm a partier. So true. Through oh, yeah. and through. I, I need to rage. Um, oh, yeah. I just yeah, I just can't be held back. I gotta I gotta find different ways to woo, get it out, you know? Sure. Get it out. And I've started raging in a new way in twenty twenty three. It's it's gonna be I I'll go ahead and preface it right now. People may want to change the channel, they may want to turn off the, the podcast when they find out how I'm raging. It may be it may be too much for them, it may be too cutting edge. Maybe too renegade, but I'll tell you, I've been getting into popcorn. Popcorn, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the good life. You know, it is. I I gotta be honest. It is. Wow, I'm a fan of the the fluffiness, the the crunchiness. Yes. The the butteriness, the mm. the airiness. I mm. I even like the air, Mike. I like. Yeah. The air. There are many things to be a fan of in popcorn. Oh, yeah. And uh, I got to say, Mike, like most things I'm a fan of, after I started trying it out, you know, and I I don't do the the BS microwave popcorn. No. Nope. No, I do on the stovetop cook that stuff. Make it it real deal so you feel like you're in the 1800s. That's what I do, because that's how you really rage, Mike, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like most things, I started thinking after a couple of rounds of popcorn, I was like, you know what? I, I need to know popcorn on a more intimate level, you know? Like, 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 for instance, I mean, what even happens when popcorn is popped? Hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It explodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if I walked up to a person on the street... And ask them why would why does popcorn pop? How many do you think could actually give me a sufficient answer? Not many, because they don't see the process. Right, they don't think about the pro. But I do, Mike. Or think about it, yeah. Because when I rage, like making popcorn, I say why. 
why do I like raging like this? You know? <laughs> yeah. So I found I found the answer, Mike. Here you go. So the hull of the kernel is airtight. Mm-hmm. So when the kernel is heated, the water inside the kernel starts to turn into steam. And the starch that's in there, the actual carbohydrate, uh, turns into gelatin. Like it turns into a liquid because it gets so high, hot. And it softens. And at 356 degrees, that's the average temp, and 135 PSIs inside that kernel, it's such a high pressure and a high temperature that it does explode. Yes. And then when it explodes, this causes a sudden drop in pressure and a corresponding rapid expansion of the starch and proteins of the endosperm into airy foam that we know as far as popcorn and it gives us wacky shapes that's a fact nice i've never heard such a scientific breakdown of this thank you dr gordon (laughs) yeah it's literally like i mean think like do you remember uh do you remember the movie uh judge dread no 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 is that the one that i'm thinking of sylvester Uh, stallone yeah it's it's the one but in the future yeah Uh, that's it. it yeah, okay. Yeah, in that, remember when they when they wreck in the cars and, like, the foam shoots out and just freezes them in place as far as where they're at so they don't get injured? Yeah. That's, uh. that's basically what popcorn does. It's crazy. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Yeah. It's crazy, man. So after I learned how popcorn works, I was like, well, how long has this crap been out? Like, how long have we been popping corn, man? Mm. So... I, I, I looked it up. Archaeologists have found traces of popcorn in Peruvian tombs that trace back to 4,700 B.C. Jeez. Wow. They used to rage. 7,000 years ago, Mike. Can, can, you be, can you imagine being the dude hanging out like 7,000 years ago in Peru? And like the crazy mad witch doctor of your tribe says he's been looking into different things to eat and he wants to show you something. And he shows you like a hot stone with some corn kernels on it. And all of a sudden one of those kernels just explodes into a white puff piece. He's a witch. Yeah, that would blow your mind. You'd be like, oh my God, what is this? Like, that's just insane. Yeah. It's crazy, Mike. And it's it's not just Peru. Popcorn's been balling all over South America for thousands of years. Mm. They they found kernels of popcorn that were a thousand years old in burial grounds in the coastal deserts of North Chile. Mm. With the kernels so well preserved, the popcorn would still pop. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Use some nice popcorn, some of that Peruvian 3000 BC. <laughs> I was about to say, Mike, which leads me to the question Would you eat thousand year old popcorn? Million percent, yes. Yes, yes. Mike's a rager, everybody. He is a rager. Yes, now, we are. Now, Mike, what about North America? When did we start eating popcorn? Well, mm. first, I want to dispel a rumor right now. Sometimes you will see the popcorn uh, folks have written and said that popcorn was eaten at the first Thanksgiving. Giant pile of Mike. No. 
no. fictional tale of popcorn <laughs> that did not show up until around 1890, over 200 years actual, after the first Thanksgiving. So they basically just wanted to sound cool because hmm. in 1890, popcorn was all the rage. So they're like, no, let's say they were they were doing it there. That sounds good. Let's throw it in there. Turds, right? Yeah. But French explorers did write about how Iroquois uh, in, uh, Native Americans uh, got down on popcorn. So settlers did get popcorn from Native Americans, and it became pretty popular. Became pretty popular. They had a weird way of doing it. The uh, the Iroquois they they heated up big sort of like tubs of sand, like they got sand really hot, and then they'd put the kernels in the sand. And I was like, so you got to go digging through all the sand to get your popcorn out? That seems sort of annoying. Uh, I got yeah. a lot of got a lot of sand in my teeth from eating that popcorn. That's Ew. maybe we should just do it without the sand. You think we could heat up the? Kernels without sand? No, 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 no. Sand is integral. We got to use the sand. That's a fact. But, Mike, it became a popular snack by the 1800s. People were getting down on popcorn. So I've got some fun facts about popcorn. Are you ready? Of course, yes, I am ready. In the 1800s, popcorn was eaten with milk and sugar like it was cereal. Wait, what? Weird. (laughs) Yeah, can you imagine? I got a big hearty bowl of popcorn here. Mmm, yeah. I feel like that would get so soggy so quick, too. Instantly like, soggy. That's why I was like, going to ask you, how do you even put butter on it? Like, I'm sorry. How do I put butter on it? Yeah, how do you get butter on it? I don't understand you how put, you, you do put it. a little bit on the, the beginning, right? You, you put it in there while you're cooking, right? So then it'll sort of explode into the airy goodness. So it'll oh. sort of mix with and then afterwards now this is the thing i've got just a regular little oil you know oil flavored butter um but i would like to get uh, this taken to another level a spray bottle to put the oil flavored butter in there so you get more of an even dispersing of it Mm. you know yeah because i feel like you know i when i'm putting it on there i'll see a big glob go on like three pieces of popcorn i'm like those are going to be the only good ones those are the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I'm a little worried that if I get a, a if I get a spray bottle, it'll like glob up on me because of the thickness of the oil. It would have to know. be a dedicated butter spray bottle. Yeah. We'll look into it, Mike. I'm going to follow up. <laughs> I know we've already less, lost 90% of the listeners, but for the folks that are still there, don't uh. worry. I'm finding it out, guys. Okay. Next fact, Mike. When popcorn has that round shape, you know, mm-hmm. some of them, they get a real yeah. round shape. It's called mushroom popcorn. Mm. And when it's all over the place, when you get random popcorn, that's called either butterfly or sometimes snowflake popcorn. Huh. Wow, they're naming yeah. stuff like clouds. This is yeah, pretty much. Nimbus. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> Mike, this, is, this might be my favorite fact. Just like popcorn, you can get some forms of quinoa that can pop. Really? Yeah. Interesting. What? Just think about the hipster doofus you could be if you were popping quinoa and you came to somebody's party like, hey, it's popped quinoa. It's pretty healthy. I'm just... Blam. Just a, a, in front of the curve, everybody. It's pretty delicious. <laughs> it's no big deal. Like, everybody would hate you at that party. Yeah, they Mike, would. 
Americans consume 17 billion quarts of popcorn a year. Jeez. Mm. That comes out to 51 quarts per person. For the last 35 some odd years of my life, Mike, I have not been pulling my weight in popcorn consumption. Nope. I will be honest. I, nope. I'm almost positive there is not a year that I hit 51 quarts in my life. But don't worry, I'm going to catch up. That's a fact. I'm going to get there this year. It's going to be there, Mike. I'm going to contribute to the popcorn eating. And lastly, Mike, National Popcorn Day tomorrow. Yes. January 19th. Folks, that's not a coincidence. I brought up I brought up popcorn and guess what? The world of fate was with me and it was like, don't worry, you're going to celebrate tomorrow, partners. Mm. So, listeners, get yourself a bag of popcorn. Strap yourself in for the Doc G show. Me and Mike are going to fire this show up. Are you ready, Mike? Let's fire it up, Doc G. All three engines up and burning. 2 1 0 and lift off. Woo! Mike, we have a fantastic show. We have a fantastic group. Perpetual groove on the show. Very exciting. Nice. Very exciting. These guys are fantastic. I love them. They're just a good time. Brock and Matt on the show. They're going to talk about the re-release of their super popular 2003 album, Sweet Oblivious Antidote. They're coming out with the 20th anniversary this Friday. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, President. Correct. Mike, now we left off. Two for three. You're hmm. two for three for the year of 2023. You're batting above average right now. That's right. We want to keep it going that way. I think you got this first one. All right, cool. Pretty confident on this one. Uh, born on January 18, 1955 in Linwood, California. Ended up graduating from Villa Park High School and then went to California State University, Fullerton. He ended up getting married and landing a job as a marketing director, but he secretly secretly had always wanted to be an actor. He started doing five nights a week of acting lessons, and after only 30 days, he quit his job as a marketing executive. He made his debut in 1981 in Sizzle Beach, USA. His breakout role was in the movie Untouchables as a federal agent, Elliot Ness. After that, he had a string of mega-popular movies, Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, Dances with Wolves, Robin Hood, JFK, The Bodyguard, and then the super, super expensive movie, but not super popular, Waterworld in 1995, Tin Cup in 1996, Air Force One in 1997. He played in the Company Men in 2010. In 2018, he starred in and produced the mega super popular Yellowstone. Name that birthday suit wearer. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Mike is three for four. Everybody get excited. That's right. That is right, Mike. Turning, uh, what is he turning? 68? 68. 68. Oh, yeah. man. I'll tell you, I have not watched any uh, Yellowstone, Mike. I don't know about Me neither. You, I hear good things, though. I hear great things from old men. Um, <laughs> old men love that. Uh, yeah. I haven't heard a lot from other folks, but, I mean, other folks have to watch it because it's super popular. I mean, there are a lot of old men in America, but... 
True. Not as many are that are watching uh, Yellowstone. That that thing is it's up there. It's the number one series in in America. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know. You know, I I don't uh, cowboy stuff sort of like that doesn't really rope me in too much. I don't need to. Yeah, I'm the same way. I feel the same way. Westerns, yeah. all that stuff. I've never been a fan. Yeah, I mean, I can watch them, and there are some that I really mm. like, like Tombstone. I'm a huge fan yeah. of, you know. But like, it's just, I mean, a series. Yeah. Yeah. I even had yeah. a hard time watching Westworld. I didn't really watch the whole thing, but I like the the idea of that show. But even then, it's yeah, just like, uh, yeah, it's it, it's a bit much. It's a yeah. bit much, Mike. You know. But regardless, he's dominating still. You know, you got to give it up to him. He had that streak going from the mid '80s until the mid '90s. And now he's just back. He's like, oh, by the way, I still run this. This time it's on TV now. Yeah. Now it's on streaming that I run. Yeah. You know? So give it up cool. for Kevin Costner. Turn yeah. 68, man. Robin 68. Did. Yeah, that's one of my faves. I love yeah. it. With, with uh, Morgan Freeman. Oh, yeah. man. It's pretty bad. Uh, pretty bad accent that Morgan Freeman has. But, you know. It's fine. <laughs> It's one of those it. things. It's sort of like we talked about with uh, dirty work when you were thinking that it was good acting and dirty work. You forget, and when you go back and watch it as an adult, you're like, hmm. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. it's still a good movie. Yeah, still for fantastic. Sure, for sure. <laughs> Regardless, Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. What do we got? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, let's start uh, this ripping session. <laughs> with a very important, very real topic uh, that would be there is a TikTok filter, AI manga, that can help you find ghosts in your house. Word. Cool. Thank you for yeah. letting me know. It's never use that filter. <laughs> it's, it's very important. Don't want to know. Now, in actuality, this filter makes you look like an anime character. That's what it's made for. You know, uh, mm. and it's one of those that has AI recognition of what's in front of it. So it finds a face and then it turns you into an anime character. Well, someone got bored and decided to flip their camera around to see if the AI filter managed to create characters with no physical face to focus on. Oh, my God. And lo and behold, they realized that the filter was picking up all the ghost faces in their place and making them anime characters. Hmm. Not joking, Doc G, I have chills all over my body right now. Like, this is terrifying to me. <laughs> so, well, so in case you're not listeners, uh, while Mike recomposes himself, in case <laughs> you're not able to follow the science of this, listeners, let me break it down for you. The creators of this TikTok filter uh, that creates anime characters from scenes of real life apparently added a special feature so that it can also pick up ghost faces, which is really nice of them. So true. Um, and that's not to be confused with the rapper Ghostface Killa, uh, but the filter can pick up Ghostface Killa as well, as far mm. as I know. Um, that's good. I mean, I, I get it, Mike. It's the supernatural. How are we to guess how they would present themselves to the world of the living? Mm -hmm. But... Don't you think this would be a really, really weird niche way of the spiritual world speaking to folks? That's a fact. Like, I mean, can't you see the group of ghosts sitting there in their ghost meeting being like, all right, folks, I got some good news. We've got a new way to communicate with the living. 
It's through one filter on TikTok. Hmm. And somebody's like, hey, can't we just like float into their room like we normally do? No, 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 definitely not. Kids do not respond to apparitions anymore. Nope. They're not into that. They, they're they on the TikTok, so we're going to meet them there. And bonus, we get to look like anime characters. So instead of scary ghouls and like having an axe sticking out of our head, we're a uh, we're an anime character. So I think it's good. <laughs> it's a win-win for everybody, guys. Like, it's ridiculous, Mike. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Mike, we've got great news from White Castle, the restaurant. Sweet. So for the first time since the start of the pandemic, White Castle is bringing back their Valentine's Day dinner special after a two-year hiatus. Hmm. Sounds yes. Oh, man. You don't even know, Mike. All participating White Castles will transform their restaurants into fine dining establishments. What? Yeah. So true. With hostess uh, seating, uh, tableside service, decorations. Yeah. And you got to reserve. You reserve, call your table in 4 to 9 p.m. at your local White Castle, Mike. Yeah. Now, Mike, I want you to think and just think long and hard. Can you imagine how happy your girlfriend would be if you were like, my lady, we will be dining at the whitest of castles for Valentine's Day. (laughs) It will be extremely romantic. Like, that's, uh, whew. That's, you've you've lost all options if that's your choice, Mike. That's, but don't worry, Mike. There are all kinds of special treats on the menu. They, they're, they're not just giving you the same old, same old. They mm-hmm. got some new stuff. They have Sprite, they have Sprite Love Castle Potion. Mm. Ew. Yeah. Which creepy. they describe as the marriage of the cool Christmas of, uh, crispness of lemon lime, a pop of cherry, and a crisp, smooth, creamy vanilla. Mm. Yeah. So essentially what they're doing is they're making a suicide from basketball camp at the old <laughs> the old soft drink creation there. Uh, for the main course, Mike, you can get the Love Cube. Ew. Again, great names. Get the Love Cube. A meal for two that consists of eight cheeseburger sliders, two shareable sides, two soft drinks. Mm. That's the old Love Cube. That's... That's the love cube. Now, to top it all off, Mike, diners can get cheesecake on a stick. That's right. Cheesecake on a stick with a strawberry swirl and a chocolate cookie crumb crust for dessert. Boom. Say what? Cheesecake on a stick. Get excited, Mike. Yeah, I am. excited. I hope I can make a reservation by myself. Girlfriend's definitely not going to go, but I will. (laughs) I will dine by myself. It's going to be classy. They'll they'll see you through, Mike. Mike, the <laughs> vice president of White Castle, said they can't wait to celebrate the holiday in person. He said this is what feeding the souls huh? is all about, and we're mm. excited that the tradition we have loved and missed is back. And I'm all with the vice president, although I do say I'm slightly confused and concerned about the feeding souls warning. That's... Uh, <laughs> Seems like he's got a bunch of vampires there or something. I don't know what yeah. feeding souls is all about. Feeding. Like, you know, just feeding uh, love, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Love, you know. I don't know. Couple. Mike, 
I've got a story from CNN Travel. CNN Travel. Mm. Here's the title. Quote, spending the night in an igloo in the Alps. Sounds cool, but is it? Question mark. Yes. No. no. I can answer that one, Mike. It is no. not. Nope. <laughs> are you are you insane? Sounds I nearly cold. freeze. I nearly <laughs> freeze when my apartment is under 70. You think it would be cool to step in the uh, uh, 30 degree ice chamber? No. Mm-mm. No, Mike. Yeah. That is horrible. Like I I wouldn't mind uh stepping in there for like 5 minutes and be yeah. like, oh. just to check it out. Oh, this is an igloo. Oh. Yeah, I'm definitely not staying in here. No. Cool. Okay. Like <laughs> So in this story, Mike, the writer took his family. I guess that's you know what he does for CNN Travel. He just takes his family all over the world for different trips. And somebody at CNN was like, "Hey, take your family to an igloo." Ew. And his family was probably like, "What the? <laughs> no!" And he's like, "That's what they said. We got to go." So uh, the uh, sleeping in the igloo was part of an entire skiing package in the Austrian Alps, Mike. And uh, when, you know, when, when he's sitting there in his igloo and he's writing about this, he says he actually thinks they're going to be warm during the night. Word. He predicted to his family, he said, I predicted our breath and body heat would warm us up throughout the night and, uh, quote, we'll be sweating by the morning. <laughs> what do you think your family is made of? Lava? There's, there's a reason people don't have their thermostat set at eight at thirty in their house. Like, if that were the case, you could just leave your heat off at all times anywhere in the U.S. and just be like, "It's fine. I'm, I'm boiling hot. I'll warm this up." Like, no. He uh, he summed it up by saying, um, "His family had a terrible night's sleep." Mike, not too surprised. Not surprised. Yeah. Not. Not too blown away by that synopsis. Um, <laughs> Mike, uh, what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear a cautionary tale from an Amazon delivery uh, driver? Or do you want to hear about Pepsi's new product? Pepsi's new product. Sweet. Get ready, Mike. Mike, quick quick story out of the food industry. Uh, the soft drink company, as our soft drink industry, as you may know, ran by three companies. Yeah. Coke. Pepsi, Dr. Pepper. Those are your three those are your three uh, juggernauts. Mm-hmm. And Pepsi is concerned for two reasons. They have not con- cornered the lemon lime market. Sprite is killing them in the lemon lime market and Girl, they're not roping in enough young people into ruining their lives with soft drinks. <laughs> In fact, Mike, research from a group at Harvard shows young people who can uh, who consume at least one sugar-sweetened beverage a day has fallen from 80% to 61% in the last decade. I mean, we can cheer that, but Pepsi <laughs> sure as <laughs> is not cheering that, <laughs> no. Mike. They are not happy about that. And uh, the old Gen Zers are putting the pressure on Pepsi and Coke uh, to, you know, come up with new products instead of the old traditional soda, you know? Because apparently Gen Zers are going thing for things like Poppy, mm-hmm. the probiotic soda, Mike. Have you ever had Poppy? No, never heard that. I've, no. I've had it. It's all right. Okay. 
There's nothing to write home about. But Pepsi uh, went to the lab, Mike. They went to the lab and they're like, we are coming up with the answer that is going to solve all these problems. And this month, they are releasing a new product titled Starry. Starry. Starry, a lemon-lime beverage that, quote, provides a fun escape. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. The chief marketing officer at Pepsi Beverages said, quote, with one product dominating the category, consumers deserve another option. One that hits different. Starry <laughs> is bright, different. optimistic, and rooted in culture and fun. Word. Yes. Yes, Mike, that begs the question, how the f*** is a drink rooted in culture and fun that you just made up? There is no history of this drink. I think it's rooted in carbonation and sugar. Those are the two things that it's rooted in. But that didn't stop Danielle Barbaro, vice president of research and development, of saying, quote, game-changing recipe with a perfect balance of lemon-lime flavor and sweetness. So true. Yes. Yes, and Mike, even on the Pepsi's website, it says the drink is made to speak to Gen Z. Hmm. Yes. We'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, so I needed to find my own review, Mike. I needed to do my own research. And don't worry, I hunted down a review by world-renowned reviewer, Sweatpants Joe. <laughs> yes. Now, listeners, if you're not familiar with Sweatpants Joe, it's not too surprising. He's not that popular. But he's a dude on YouTube uh, who, true to his name, seems to wear sweatpants a good amount of the time. Mm. And uh, he's definitely not a Gen Zer. Nope. Uh, but he may be rooted in culture and fun. It, uh, it depends on what type of culture and uh, what type of fun you're referring to. <laughs> um, I'm going to take a wild guess. Sweatpants Joe looks like he's uh, 40-ish, somewhere around there. And I took a gander at his Instagram. He seems to really be into action figures from the 80s. Mm. So that's another thing that I'm guessing why uh, the 40-ish. Nonetheless, Mike, <laughs> to start the review, Sweatpants Joe said, quote, the logo really speaks to him. So true. He really enjoyed the logo. He was a big fan of that. He then tastes the drink, mulls it over for five seconds, and says, quote, it sucks. It's not good. <laughs> so, Mike, even though I had high hopes for Starry, Sweatpants Joe is not giving it the time of day. Not the verdict. The verdict is out. We are going to see if Gen Zers fall in love with Starry. My guess is no. <laughs> My guess is no. But, Mike, we're going to take a break. We're going to hear from our guests. This is one of the new tracks off the 20th anniversary of Sweet Oblivious Antidote. This is out here, right here on the Doc G Show.
are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should mm-hmm. please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever they listen to their podcasts. Terrific, zero-cost way to support us. Mm. And if they're feeling extra generous, leave a five-star review and, and comment. And, you know, that's the, really uh, that's all we're asking for, Mike. We're not asking for a cost. Nope. Uh, 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 a, you know... A fee. We're yeah. always just we're just asking for the the listens. We just want the yeah. support, man. Yeah. And I gotta say, right now, Mike, shout out to everybody this last week. Huge shout, shout out. out to everybody listening. We had some great listening numbers the first week of the the, the year. Heck that yeah. was that was I was very impressed. Uh, thousands of listens coming in the first uh, the week. You know, like I said, I always get worried. First week, I'm like, are people going to come back and listen? Did they just yeah. give up on our show? Are they just, mm-hmm. are they like, nope, never again? But they two came back. Two weeks off, too much. <laughs> they came back, Mike, and I, I couldn't cool. be happier. I was like, fantastic. Thank you, yes. guys. So thank, thank you. you. Let's let's thank the regulars. Let's thank the semi-regulars. Here are the regulars, Mike. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, and Los Angeles, California. Shout out. There we go. Nice. Full regulars, Mike. Full regulars. I, I didn't actually go back and listen to last week's show and see where I my list cut off, but it cut off somewhere there. And we included yeah, did, everybody yeah. this this, this week. They're all there. Mike, here are some semi-regulars. First, shout out to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Got some yeah. good, solid lit- listens from Pittsburgh. There was the Steel City was was throwing down on listens. They were like, hey, our team is not in the playoffs. Let's listen <laughs> to the, the Doc G show instead. That's right. Shout out to Atlanta, Georgia, Pell City, Alabama, London, United Kingdom, Portland, Oregon, Las Vegas, Nevada, Franklin, Tennessee, Cambridge, Massachusetts, Queen Creek, Arizona, South Deerfield, Massachusetts, Bozeman, Montana, and Rockville, Maryland. Shout out to you all. Shout out. There we go. Yeah. Pittsburgh was getting it in, Mike. They were going hard. They were going nice. hard in the city. Yeah. They were Love Pitt. Love Pittsburgh. You know, it's yeah. uh it's not it's not my favorite place to go in the winter because of the weather. But oh, yeah. uh, nice, nice folks. Yeah, Very nice folks sure. in Pittsburgh. For sure, you know. But that's it's it's like I say. There's not many cold weather places like that that uh, have mean people. Pretty much Boston is the only place that you have mean people in <laughs> yeah. cold weather, and they're proud sure. of that. You know, yeah, they're like, they hey, guess what? We're and it's cold here, and you're like, yeah, okay, all right. But like, that. but like Buffalo, no, they're all no. nice there. You know, yeah, they are. Like Detroit, they're 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 stern in Detroit. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. the Motor City, but they're not mean. You know, mm-hmm. but Chicago, no, they're nice. You know, yeah, yeah. it's it's a Min- Minneapolis, real nice. Those guys, and it's horribly yeah. cold. Nobody wants to be a part oh of that God. coldness. No, thank you. So no, cold. thank you. 
Mike, uh, we need to hit up the miscellaneous file. Miscellaneous. Got a couple things here, Mike. Not, uh, not nothing groundbreaking, but a couple things I wanted to bring on here. Uh, first off, Mike, I think we need to calm down with a certain type of title in newspaper articles. Hmm. So I've realized this, and it's a lot in clickbait, but it's also in actual stories. It's actually in like you know like real media outlet stories, and the article is something something something. And the end of it is, it's chilling. Mm. Such and such said this, and it's chilling. This person left this social media post before leaving for Jamaica, and it's chilling. That's right. You know? I, 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 I'm, I'm like, you're overdoing it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying, but you like... How about this? Same same idea that we were just talking about, social media posts before they leave for Jamaica. How about this? So-and-so left this social media post before leaving for Jamaica, and this is crazy. <laughs> How about that? Like, I think that's just as creative, you know? And we can save the chilling for Mike and, and TikTok filters. He doesn't need yeah. any chilling on this stuff. No, thank you. Nah. You know? Nope. No, thank you. So... Just uh, that's just out there to the written media folks out there. Enough with the chilling articles. All right, <laughs> enough. <laughs> Next one, Mike. Uh, this is uh, you know you know me. I'm a I'm an NBAer. You know, yeah. I'm an NBAer. I like watching Likewise. NBA games. Uh, by the way, uh, Jazzercisers, little of a little bit of a tear, three for four on their last game. That's Pretty right. Solid. Oh, Pretty solid. You know. But I've, I've noticed this, and this isn't a groundbreaking, uh, you know, um, note by me. I think a lot of people have pointed this out. But it's getting a little bit annoying in games. And it's it's the records that they bring yes. up during NBA games that they say players are breaking that are a little stupid. So true. You know? Like, you'll be watching a game and they'll be like, Jeff, he's the first player to score 30 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists on a team in the Northwestern Division in the month of January. Huh? <laughs> what? How many players wow. are actually in that category? Like four? Like what the Like, you know? Yeah, I, for sure. I mean, that's like if I came on the air and I was like, guys, I've got some good news. We are the most popular radio show hosted by a Ben and a Mike that airs out of Jacksonville, Florida on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Yes. Yeah, like it's just like you just just all you got to do is be like this dude's playing really good. Like mm. like I get it. You got a bunch of analytic dudes that are twiddling their thumbs and they want something to do, so they're finding all kinds of ridiculous dumb stats, but like unnecessary mike we don't need them yeah it is just, unnecessary i mean it's just like there's one of those every single and they'll have like streaks they'll be like it's the first dude to average 30 points and eight rebounds that's a small forward on a western conference team in the month of january huh again why what like they're gonna get down to the point that they're just like they're, it's the first dude that's scoring 30 points, 15 rebounds with the name, the last name Doncic 
in the NBA's history. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I don't think there are any of those guys besides Luca. Like, nope. anyways. It's not just yeah. Luca, too, listeners. It's all kinds. They have them for everybody. It's it's a bit ridiculous. Mike, I did have... Um, yeah, do I have two stories? I have one story that I want to tell you real quick. It's the one that I gave you the option of listening to before. Uh, uh, and Amazon. this is a call... This yeah, this is a cautionary tale uh, for anybody out there. If you want to be an Amazon delivery driver, mm. I, I don't think there is anybody that's really wanting to be that. But just in case, you should be informed by the story. Uh, Gareth Thompson, Gareth Thompson's working at Amazon as a driver. He's only been working for Amazon since December thirteenth. Before that, 40-year-old Mr. Thompson had been working as an electrical engineer, but he decided he was just spending too much time at work, and he wanted sort of a, you know, a job that when he was done, he was done, so he could just go home and see his family, you know? Mm -hmm. So he switched. He switched to be an Amazon driver through the company SCR Logistics, you know, one of their little subcontractor companies. Well, last week, Mr. Thompson was delivering a package, putting it in the house's letterbox. You know, letterboxes? Little little slot, you know? Not like a mailbox, but just a little slot. Yeah, he's putting it the door, yeah. Yeah, he's putting it in the letterbox. When the letterbox uh, quickly and roughly slammed down on his finger and cut off the tip of his finger. Jeez. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, he said, quote, I ripped my hand away and left the tip of my finger in the customer's door. Ew. Everything happened so fast. I felt a sharp pain on the tip of my finger as the flap came down. And when I looked at my hand, I was in shock. It was horrible horrible to look at. I could see my bones sticking right out. I was losing loads of blood. And needed something to stop the bleeding. So I walked to a pub a few doors down to get some tissue paper. In the moment, I forgot to take the bit of my finger lodged in the letterbox. And I feel sorry for whoever's house it was. When they look for their parcel, they'll find part of my finger along with it. Hmm. I am yet to return to work, but still haven't heard at all from either Amazon or SCR. Not even a text to ask if I'm okay. So, <laughs> Mike, a couple of things here. Uh, first, the newspaper contacted Amazon and SCR after they wrote this. An Amazon spokesperson said, quote, we're looking into this uh, with the delivery service provider, and we wish Gareth a speedy recovery. Word. And SCR's uh, logistics spokesperson said, we are working very closely with Amazon regarding this. We wish Gareth a smooth and speedy recovery. He still remains part of our team. Hmm. Um couple things, Mike. <laughs> First, if I was Gareth, I really would not be happy with my decision to trade off more time with my fa- uh, family versus the top of my <laughs> finger. I would be like, my finger! No! And every time I'd talk to my kids, I'd be like, this is what you cost me, a-holes. This. <laughs> right here. This is it. I am missing part of my finger because of you. Second of all, like, I feel like when you do that, like, when you cut your finger off in the, the letter slot, I feel like that'd be one of those moments that you, like, it happened, and you'd just be like, 
Really? Really? Yeah. Like how? Of course, Girl, of course I'm the one with a bone sticking out on a letter, a letter slot. How does this happen? <laughs> like, I would be so angry with myself at that time. It was just... I would yeah. definitely, too, Mike. I don't know about you, but getting that finger would be my top priority. Oh, I would yeah, be would getting be. that piece of finger, and I would be going to that pub and be like, give me some ice, you a-holes. I got to put this finger on ice and get to the hospital soon. Got to get my finger back. I don't want a nub. Oh, yeah, Lord. they say how much I, he, like, cut off. Like, how much? It was basically to the top of the, the, the knuckle there. You know, oh. the last knuckle. Yeah. God. Yeah, they they had some blurred pictures of it where they, like they went all the way up to the actual cut and then blurred the end of it. It was pretty gross. Oh man! And there was a lot of blood, Mike. There was a lot of blood. Uh, yeah. Lastly, I I wouldn't really be feeling the love if I was him. Like I feel like I'd get a new job in in just overall if like Amazon and this logistics company are just like, oh, you you ripped your finger off. And you were working for us. Oh, yeah, well, whenever you're feeling better, just head on back. Wait, what? All right. We'll see you later. Like, just no response? Come on, man. That's yeah. not cool. Come on. Not cool on. at all. Send me Gareth, some, prime, uh, prime, some prime bandages or something. Yeah, <laughs> you're Amazon. Pro- you got all kinds <laughs> of shit. You can... It's a care package. Can, Come on. You can help us. Mike, yeah. last one real quick before we go to break. Uh, got another TikToker here. So uh, for this story, a TikToker has released a viral TikTok giving viewers telltale signs if someone is a millennial or a Gen Zer. Hmm. Yep. It's gone viral, Mike. Millions of views on this. Now, Mike, without watching the video... I guess the main sign would be that one person is about 10 years older than the other. <laughs> That's what, that was the main telltale sign for me, was this person's older. They're probably a millennial. That's just stupid. Don't waste your time on TikToks like oh, that, people. Man. Come on. Ridiculous. Anyways, Mike, let's take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than the fantastic... Matt and Brock from the awesome band Perpetual Groove right here on the Doc G Show. UNF Jacksonville. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM. Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are super excited to have returning guest. It's not often that we have folks that willfully choose to come back, so we appreciate any time they do. It's a big deal. 
We have two members of the fantastic band Perpetual Groove, Matt and Brock. Fellas, how's it going? Fantastic. Doing How good. are you doing? Doing good. Doing Wonderful. good. Uh, Brock, how was the uh, how was the New Year's for you? Oh, it was terrific, man. I I played with uh, Joe Marcinek at the Blue Jay Listening Room in Jacksonville. There. That's what I and, uh, I was gonna I was gonna yeah. ask. You know, in in our in our town. Uh, so everything it's a it's a nice it's a nice little room there with the with the man. Blue Jay. I, it, that was a real treat. I uh, I was glad that I didn't have any indigestion or something because the room is, as a listening room was so quiet. It you know, is. I'm used to there's sporting events on the TV, there's background noise, and uh, not at that one. It was more like a recital where you could hear a pin drop for yeah. the uh, solo acoustic portion of the evening. No, it, it's it's impressive. I mean, people that uh, take. Uh, you know, they, they go to shows at the Blue Jay. They're there to to appreciate the music. That's why they're they're there. So it's uh it's definitely a good. I I turn a lot. I I encourage a lot of our guests to go there if they're going to get to play somewhere in Jacksonville. Not that you know the other places are great, nineteen oh four and and every place like that. But uh, yeah, that's if if you want people to just sort of quietly appreciate your music, Blue Jays. Right. Oh. I agree. I would certainly. I hope to play there again myself. Certainly. Nice. Now, did uh, did Kings Kingsley make it backstage for that show? Was he was he so, with you? He he was at the the hotel mm. that night, but he he was out on the road. He told you, you know what? Not tonight. <laughs> Where, you go do your thing. I'll be here at the hotel when you get back. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, now I was I was wondering. I mean, I know you play a couple of like the you play a couple of uh, uh, perpetual groove songs when you're doing solo stuff. Uh, do you ever do you ever like to throw covers in when you're doing solo stuff? Do you just get the oh, ab- absolutely, mm-hmm. oh yeah, and it's it's a nice type of uh, musical satisfaction. There are some things that. Uh, like a just recently started doing a Justin Towns Earl song came up in the playlist and this has happened on other things too like uh, there's a King Gizzard song and um, uh, something will come on and I get hip to it and then I listen to it over and over and over and then uh, start covering it <laughs> now, good fun now well, I, I saw a, a little while back you had um you had an Allison Chains. You put the Allison Chains Dirt album on on Instagram. You you had posted that, which is you know uh, such an amazing album. So many good songs on that album. Do you do you ever throw down some like acoustic uh, down in a hole in a in a, so, a solo appearance, or is that uh, absolutely absolutely? And I think uh, Matt and I have also done Rooster Ooh. years back and stuff. He he and I both have uh, uh, a deep love for that kind of. 90s era grunge kind of stuff so they've certainly popped up that whether it's a a acoustic trio where matt and i have played together or at my solo shows i've that's basically it's a great vehicle for that you know put in some all the tunes that are basically the story of my life yeah even if it's a recent edition or a or a long time one yeah Uh, the dirt album is it's one of those that for me as far as the 90s it's just i mean there's so many good songs on that album so impressive yep. and and lane start to finish and lane's voice man i mean just one of those voices that like 
I mean, you listen to the live version when when they do Rooster live, and 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 not just him, but also Jerry's harmonizing with him. You don't realize how essential that harmony is, and how unique that harmony is relative to normal sort of major harmonizing. And it's just it's oh yeah, for sure. If you uh if you start to it's easy to miss because you hear Lane Staley so up front and yeah. center. But if you start to really look at what Jerry Cantrell is doing vocally, but while also covering the guitar parts, really uh, an amazing player for sure. Oh, and that's that's one of those things, you know, when they got the new singer more recently, people would be like, oh, it's, it sounds exactly like Lane. I was like, not really. It's 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 the yeah. it's it's Jerry's parts that are making it sound more like it because it's familiar with what you you hear. So like, uh, but yeah, I uh, you know I put it at one of the top of my '90s albums for sure. Uh, it, it goes it goes up there, one of the top there. I always I, I I get a lot of stuff for it, but I I love I love Stone Temple Pilots. I know there are a lot of '90s haters with Stone Temple Pilots, you know, but I'm I'm a huge Stone fan. Temple. Yeah, yeah. And Matt, what 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 did we play at the uh the we did the, the, uh, the P grunge set we did Got Me Wrong, Allison Chains, right? We did Got Me Wrong, we did Vaseline. And we did Vaseline as far as did, uh, speaking uh, of the pilot. My favorite one that we did was uh, uh um, Awesome Star uh no no Counting uh, Stars. What is the name yeah. of it? Star- stars. stars. Yeah. Just stars, yeah. Star- that was my favorite one that we did in that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, me and my brother will talk about it and he, he's a, he's an eighties lover. I, I mean, I love a bunch of eighties music. Um, but, uh, if it comes down to it, I think I have to go nineties with like those, those artists as far as rock. It just, some of those, some of those albums are just too impactful for me. They're too, they're, 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 they're too, yeah. too big. But went through multiple copies of 10 when it came out. Oh, Oh man, and never and, and honestly, that's I, I bring it up a lot with with uh, with Tin is uh, they never they never reach that peak again. I mean, I like I like other Pearl Jam like stuff, but like my I and I don't I don't know Eddie enough to say anything about it, but I feel like it was too much Eddie influence on the other albums, like because that from what I can understand, they had most of the album completed as far as the music. And then they brought in Eddie, and he basically did all the the you know the vocals on it, and yeah. it, it just has such a strong classic rock, hard rock vibe on Ten that you don't have on any of the other yeah. albums. And it's just. Have you seen uh, Pearl Jam Twenty, the yeah. Cameron Crowe documentary? Yeah. They actually touch on that, or at least uh, Stone Gossard does, mm-hmm. where the shift of. Yeah, what uh, he he and Jeff were doing musically from coming from Mother Love Bone, and then, but then once uh, once Eddie came in, it was like fighting for scraps of artistic control. I think is a yeah a close way of how he described it. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, you know, no no offense, like I said, no offense to Eddie, but I like the more uh, uh, I guess original, I guess you would say Mother Love Bone sort of style of things. I mean. Cause that that's I, I mean still, it, still, like, go still for feel it. like the soundtrack and and the Judgment Night soundtrack at mm. that time like really for me captured that you know the, the late teens yeah early twenties period you know like it was a, it was a, a pretty creative time in music on both those fronts oh know? for sure 
Uh, for, for sure. I mean, you, you you see a bunch of changes in a bunch of different ways throughout that time. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I I there there's several. There's ten. There's there's dirt. There's I would probably put. I love both. I I, I love I love purple, but I would probably put core over purple as far as uh, just. I mean, I always tell people with core uh, Stone Temple Pilots coming in with dead and bloated, just such a, I mean, such a a hard song to hit with. Just a, that's the first thing people hear of your band is that song. Like, and then you've got, I mean, just so many other good songs on that album. And I mean, like, you know, ones that barely even charted like Cracker Man that are just such good, good songs. So. It's yeah, I could I could definitely see how you get caught up in it, uh, choosing which ones you want to do at a at a solo gig. There, it's uh, be hard to choose sometimes. Although, I mean, some of those, like you were saying, Rooster, that's got to be got to prepare the voice for that one. That one's got to be a little bit tough to to get out the vocals for that one. I'd forgotten we were doing that. We should bring that back. Yeah, that that was one of the ones on the list for a minute. Now we last talked in March. That was when you guys were on the show last. Uh, you guys okay. were getting ready to uh, put on Amberland, uh, 2022, in the old Woodlands Reserved. Uh, how how did it end up uh, going? We ended up not doing it. Oh yeah. no! Yeah, uh, COVID had its way with us around the time of, of course, and then difficult to reschedule and. What's going on right now? Woodlands right now isn't doing events, but we're mm. hoping that changes this next year. Mm. So, um, so, so it's yeah. still the game plan. If you do have it, that's where you want to have it. We really, really like Woodlands quite mm. a bit. It's a beautiful piece of property, so we'd we'd love to do it there. So, and and that and was just sort of that we're in motion, you know? Yeah. So. And that was just yeah. sort of the overall when you found out you couldn't. Was it COVID in the band or was it? Yeah, uh, it was okay. me. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty tough. Uh, yeah, it was the, the worst timing imaginable. Yeah. And it was but, uh, still at this time where, you know, I think if it went down now, it would be a little bit different. But yeah, because um, things are just different now. You know, yeah. Things, but um, yeah, it was unfortunate, but. But so we'll now, see. now you've got the problem that they're not scheduling events for this year, right? I don't know the details, so I don't want to speak, you know, too much going on. But I know that currently Woodlands isn't doing events, but I, I also know that they are definitely working at resolving that issue. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Yeah. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed. Hopefully, it, fingers crossed, it comes out. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I think the I think the big project that everybody has on their minds is you guys are re-releasing Sweet Oblivious Antidote. Um, and I, I read a couple things about it, Matt. I heard you went back and got the master tapes originally there from the the studio um, to, yeah. to start the whole deal off. And then, of course, you yeah. guys added two tracks that weren't originally on the album, uh, but were from that sort of time period. Um, so right. the, the album came out 20 years ago, 2020, uh, 2003. It's one of those seminal albums... Your fans absolutely love it. Like when you look at streaming numbers, that's the you know that's that's the most popular stuff. Uh, take us back to making right. it. Uh, when when you go back to making it, Brock, what what do you think about when like you go back to two thousand three and think about making that album? Oh, it's it's mostly humorous. Like it seems like twenty life, not just twenty years, but twenty lifetimes ago. <laughs> 
we were, you know, like if we were to look at the circumstances, everything from the the physical size of the studio to we were all sleeping in an RV that was parked at a Walmart down the road from the studio in the house because I, I think it's uh, it just strikes me funny as stuff that we thought was you know we were perfectly comfortable doing now that nobody would uh, would stand for but uh, but it was still there was, I think there was a really great emotion going up like at the time of, of the whole band exciting new kind of thing and I think that that we, we have the test pressings of the actual vinyl now and listening back to it I do feel like while there might be some things that are the equivalent of a bad yearbook photo yeah. just musically yeah. you know hearing my playing from 20 years ago there is a undeniable uh, emotion collective emotion to it that I think we really captured in those takes yeah so it's a nice uh, nice thing excited. to revisit young and excited boys well, yeah. I, I was about to say i mean can you did did you get that same feeling when you went back at it and and start just feeling that enthusiasm that optimism that you had when you were recording it for the first time matt um i really enjoy i texted brock and adam last week i guess when we got the test pressing mm-hmm. and i was Gen- it was like over morning coffee listening and uh, was genuinely like excited and inspired by what I was hearing on nice. some of the old stuff, which I wasn't expecting because when we got the tapes and everything with uh, our producer, Jason Kingsland, you know, it was a complete remix. It was a complete, you know, remaster. So um, it was nice to hear it like that. Um, even though like Brock, you know, I thought the yearbook photo is a perfect analogy there. So, but uh, some of the playing, you know, is what it is, but it's, it's definitely got an energy and excitement that's there. And, you know, hearing it on vinyl too was, <clears throat> it just sounds so nice and warm and round and, you know, kind of how we've never heard it, but maybe since when we were recording it in the studio, you know? Well, I, 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 I was going to say, uh, you know, I was going to get to that in a little bit. Obviously, when you guys recorded it uh, in 2003, you sort of think about that, that time period, that's sort of like almost the height of cds at that time you know that's uh and so i mean it would have been sort of crazy i feel like if if somebody back in 2003 would have suggested like hey you guys should release this on vinyl you would have looked at them and like uh so like are are you are you excited though i mean are you guys like vinyl guys that are excited to like oh yes this is gonna be finally out on vinyl yeah all yeah. of us are definitely vinyl guys for sure we we get each other that for you know birthdays and holidays and whatnot you know so we're all we're all big vinyl guys brock's part of all sorts of vinyl clubs and stuff like that so it's great to hear it like that by the time i got to the end of it i was like wow this is great i'm very excited about it and then to hear the two new songs i was like oh this is this is really great to hear these you know more recently recorded yeah. more mature musicians, you know, yeah. playing. But but you know, I was I was you know genuinely moved. Uh, I think it was Playground that grabbed me. Where I was like, wow, that's that's really great. That sounds good. Even though, like I said once again, like some of the playing, you can always give me hyper. The the whole side four actually, yeah. I'd say because it start it goes Playground, Sweet Oblivious, and then the two new ones with Darren on on the drums. And uh, I've I've listened to that side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That 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 second disc, especially, or 
excuse me, LP especially. This. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love it. I, I enjoyed a lot. But the whole thing, the whole, like I said, it was, it was nice to hear. When you hear the opening notes of the loop of three weeks there at the top, you know, it definitely is an immediate transport back to that time. Nice. Um, where we really hadn't even, like, I guess we've known each other for almost a year in 2002, the summer of 2002 when we recorded it. Pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah. Man. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it comes out on Friday, the 20th of January. And the original release date, I just looked it up before we jumped on here, is, uh, was January 21st, 2003. Oh. Wow. So, oh, wow. It to the day almost. Yeah, one day off. So. But, you know, Friday's release. But, but you weren't, you, <laughs> you weren't, yeah, you weren't trying to hit on that, were you? We were, I was hoping to have it done for sure by the 20th, you know, when we started this, you know, a few years ago. But, um, yeah, it was definitely a race to the finish line this fall oh, know, to get yeah. everything done. And now that, now that we know that because the, uh, the testing press that we got, they all sound great. And so we've given the green light on that. So we're going to have a release day on the vinyl very soon, but it shouldn't be too long from now. Very nice. Very nice. Well, now, yeah. and, and uh, you know, I'd like to point out for folks that doing the analog, you guys had the analog tapes to go off of. So it's true analog to analog, unlike a lot of vinyl that you'll go out there and see now that's digital analog. And you're just like, well, that defeats the purpose of having this vinyl. So, I mean, it's, it's a true analog oh, yeah, where, sensation. Compared to where, like, you'll see some albums come out and it's just a, a digital rip yeah. of the whole mix yeah. as it was. So, like, Matt went back, got all the, the tapes, did a lot of back and forth, like, having to find the type of equipment that it was recorded on 20 years ago. Had to go through. It was not a very well uh, archived situation back then. But that's he. So he went through and he and uh got him to kingsland and rebuilt it from the ground up so there's to say that there's stuff you can hear on the on the wax it might have been because it was either lower in the mix 20 years ago maybe it wasn't in there at all so it's, it's, i'm getting to hear this stuff for the first time and it just sounds sounds really great and transferred to uh to vinyl like in particular, I always feel like the drums and bass on any album I listen to, I'll get a record of it and listen to something that I must have listened to a, a hundred times on CD years and years ago. Yeah. And it's like listening to it for the first time. Yeah. It's 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 a world of difference. What, what uh, a true analog uh, sound source and a good pair of studio speakers will do for the sound of, uh, of a song. Yeah. Uh, well, it happened like, you know, 20 years ago, we were in the room and there were decisions that might have been made by someone who had 20 years experience on us. So we yeah. were like, oh, okay. And 20 years later, we're like, I would have never made that decision now, you know. So there's, yeah. some, there's all sorts of things that are genuinely, like I said, in the mix that weren't there before. Right um, now, about those... About, ideas and execution. About those differences, is it... Because I was yeah. just thinking about this because, you know, the user illusion... Uh, anniversary albums came out and it was to the GNR faithful it was a little sacrilege they went back on uh, um, November rain and added like actual live strings on the new November rain instead of having where it was like synths on the original yeah. and so yeah. 
are there things that like your sort of average perpetual groove listener would notice right off or is it smaller things i don't i don't know it'd be interesting let the fan base hear that you yeah. know what i mean there's my every little my, yeah. i'm sorry go ahead Brad. my guess is that it won't be anything quite as drastic as that because maintaining the integrity of the original thing i actually compared it to uh like george lucas continuing to tinker with the mm -hmm. star wars movies like he kept adding stuff and doing stuff and the what you just mentioned of guns and roses on november rain yeah. that's made me think of that yeah so there, there nothing nothing new was put it was just the, it was it was the the changes. Kind of, yeah. yeah yeah nice just matt remixing it the only, yeah the, yeah the only thing that so we, we, when we extract, we had to get the original machines that they were, they were recorded on these DA-78 tapes. And we had to get the original machines that did it to do the transfer um, for us to remix it. And without getting too in the weeds, the only piece of uh, that we could not extract that wasn't, it just wasn't coming across um, that we couldn't get was the, the drums, drums, right? Perihelion. Yeah, the drums on Perihelion. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the only thing that was re-recorded mm. essentially um we had darren go in and play along with it because we while we were in the studio doing uh out here in suburban speedball yeah um because we just could not get that extraction but outside of that you know it's like i said it'll be up it'll be interesting to see what the fan base picks up because i'm so married to it haven't been there for pretty much every step of the mix that i know all these little moves that we did that are different you know that that might not pop up It'd be interesting if you didn't bring up that uh, re-recording of the drums. See if anybody noticed that one, because I, I bet I, well, bet, we, we, I don't it's know. It's in the liner notes. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. well, yeah. I get you know the perpetual grooves. Uh, you know, super fans would definitely sleuth it out pretty quick as far as reading those liner notes as they're as they're listening. So uh, I was going to say, as this relates, bringing it back around to talking about like. Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam and such on vinyl. Yeah. I got the uh, Nirvana in Utero anniversary pressing of that. And in that instance, I guess they had an alternate guitar lead section on Serve the Servant mm -hmm. because I would have had the original one memorized all the way down to there's a little feedback here and a yeah. thing here and this thing. And so it's just an entirely different uh, pass he must have taken at a solo. And so that's the one that's on the version of In Utero. And at first I was kind of like, oh, wait, that's a little strange. But yeah. now I've actually come to really enjoy having the two different uh, I, well, options you can listen to. I was about to say, I, I think if you're like a huge fan of most songs like that, you like to see those variations regardless. Like, because I, I, I love the song uh, Seven Mary Three Cumbersome. That song is just oh, so yeah. great. And they actually, they re released like 15 years, uh, I think it was 15th anniversary. I can't remember the exact anniversary, but they released it where it was what the band wanted to do. And there's this whole extra sort of section in the middle, like this breakdown sort of bridge area that wasn't in the original. Uh, so something that probably got trimmed out to yeah. make it format radio Ex format exactly friendly or something and like i love i love like the, the the lyrics add so much to the overall meaning of the the rest of the lyrics of that song that they cut out and like it's just it's i mean it, it isn't as 
like you said, sort of a complete, like, you know, sort of single package because it does have this sort of elongated feel to it, but I think it tells more of a story. And I mean, I love both of them. So like, you know, I, I think there are, it, it's good to hear. And usually like, it's surprising because usually in that case, like the Nirvana, they, they would sort of put both of them on the album and say, here's, you know, here is the original. Here's what made it to the actual original album. Yeah, that, no, this. If you were to get, if you were to get this particular anniversary uh, pressing of In Utero, it, that's the version of Serve the Servants. It has one guitar solo on it, and it's not the one that was on the the CD that's, that I bought back in the nineties. Yeah, that's 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 wild because that's that's sort of like it makes me think of of a lot of uh, folks that you know stream mostly their music now. And they, you know, the source of it, they're not really sure. And the, so they'll they'll hear the song and, you know, and then you'll play them another version of it. And they'll be like, that's, I don't, that's not the song that I listened to. And you're like, well, this is, this was the original version. They remixed it here or they changed it for this. That's what you're listening to. Oh, okay. And like that. That context, it's one of those things that I do feel like is, is lost a lot of times when you, when you talk about streaming, like, but anyways, uh, you guys added two songs, like we said, to the, to the album. And so those mm-hmm. were, those were time period songs. So like you, yeah. you had those written back then. Uh, how did you choose to put them on the remake of it? And why didn't you originally put them on the album to start with? First album's pretty long. Mm-hmm. The sex that required, you know, two finals, essentially, mm-hmm. and we had extra space on side D. That's basically what, what we wanted to do. That filled that out. And so when we knew we were going to do it for vinyl, on those two for the digital, the newly recorded ones, um, we did, that's where we did the Atmos Dolby spatial audio, whichever brand you want to call it. Yeah. For those two, that's probably because we were able to do it because of how they were recorded and everything like that. So, yeah, I think it was just, uh, they weren't necessarily heavy rotation songs. They might, you know, questionable when they were exactly written, but they were of that era. You know? Yeah. So, um, the, uh, that part was pretty easy. We had a couple other ones that we were discussing, but then Darren, if I'm not mistaken, mentioned Speedball because we, we had already taught him that one. So, yeah, he jumps right on. But I'm glad he did, because compared to some of the other ones we were kicking around, like now being able to listen to it in the context of the whole thing, it's, uh, it's such the uh, the right choice, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the, the song. Uh, it came out December 2nd, uh, and it, it's, a, I mean, I, talking about, you know, genres, I get, I get like some 80s vibes from it, but I get some 90s vibes from it as well. It's sort of a, a you know, a merging of some of those feels. And I love the repetitiveness of the, the groove of the, you know, the shaking part of the lyrics of just coming back and sort of that, that echo repeat of it. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great song. And I do think it sort of fits that feel of the, the overall, uh, album as well. It's definitely a good one. Um, yeah, I was interested in what it was going to be like in context after, you know, Sweet Oblivious, you know, when mm-hmm. when that album ends, you know, what it was going to feel like going into Out Here and the people and everything, and it, it was great, just right. Nice. And I think J- Jason Kingsland did a really nice job of where it, it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb either. It doesn't sound like this was the album yeah. and then this is this. It all, uh, so- at least sonically, uh, mm-hmm 
fit in the same listen. Yeah. Yep. We now, I mean, we talked a little bit about the the feel of the music and whatnot, and just the overall, you know, vibe of of what you were feeling in 2003, Brock. When you go back to those songs and you listen to the the lyrics in particular of of what was written, since it's been you know that long since you wrote those initial lyrics do they mean the same thing to you or have they taken on different meaning now when you hear those same songs oh you know it's it happens in a number of ways to me some of them it's almost like i wrote a a letter to my future self Mm -hmm. in a time capsule to listen to some of them other ones have uh taken on different meanings and through the course of things and then some other ones are just uh silly in retrospect you know i'm kind of like well what was got what was i going on about with this one or that one but there's a few on there that have uh have stood the the test of time and it's kind of interesting like i you know maybe i was uh being what i would consider now like a Silly, over emotional about something. It might have led to a certain lyric. I was like, "Oh, I thought that was something I thought was a a big deal back then." Which is in uh, comparison to things that would happen through the course of our lives. Yeah, you know, wouldn't take it so serious today. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of perspective changes in twenty years. That's for sure. Um, Well. Listeners, get excited. Like they said, it's coming out the 20th. You can get the digital copy of it. And then, of course, you want to get the vinyl once that comes out. Now, along with the album, you guys, uh, exciting news for the listeners of the air. You've got three shows coming up in Florida, the 26th, 27th, and 28th. Tampa, Sanford, and Fort Lauderdale. Um, I think they're all locations you've played. you guys have played before, right? One in Sanford's new to us. New, yeah, the music box that that one we haven't been, but Crowbar nice. and Culture Room are a uh, regular haunt. Yeah, Culture yeah. Room's classic, that's for sure. Uh, now, since Love you, since you guys are coming down to Florida, I thought just for fun we would test your Florida rock and roll knowledge with a little Florida rock quiz, all about rock and roll happenings in the state brock don't worry you're not disqualified because you live here you can still okay we're, we're gonna act like it's a full I, I, you know it's, I, I might fail anyway it, we're gonna act like it's a it's a, a full band sort of thing but don't worry these are multiple choice anyway so oh okay okay That's great Yes. So can we conspire to conspire with each other? Of course. Of course. Yeah, this is a group effort. So we'll you guys can discuss and then final answer. So Okay, first one, which Eagles album was recorded in Miami? A, one of these nights, B, Desperado, C, Hotel California, or D, The Eagles, their first album. Yeah. I mean, my instincts are saying that I want to stay Hotel California because that would just make the the irony of it that this recorded in Miami. What do you think, Matt? I like that logic a lot. I was thinking the same thing. All right. Final answer. Hotel California, lock it. One for one. There it is. Yes. Yes. Hotel California (laughs) recorded in Miami, which... 
I always love as a fun fact that I'm like, really? All right. Okay. Right. Now, you know, when you think about like uh, the actual, like the actual guitar riff of Hotel California, Don Felder wrote that on a beach in California. So it's, it's writing was there, but um, yeah, the recording was in Miami. Uh, so which lead singer was arrested in Miami after allegedly exposing himself to the crowd? A, Robert Plant, B, Elvis, C, Axl Rose, or D, Jim Morrison? Prosciutto. It was D, Jim Morrison. <laughs> Jim Morrison. The Lizard King. Is yeah. correct. Yes. Two for two. Rock has a great impression of James Gandalf being, oh. being Jim Morrison, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe another episode. <laughs> I, I, was about, I was about to say, I want, I want force you on the on the spot to bring it out. We'll we'll wait. You can you can prepare. Yeah, we'll we'll save that for the next. next time. <laughs> I don't know if it's appropriate. <laughs> I, I know. I'm not gonna do it. Okay, I'll do it. Three, which of the following artists started their musical career in Jacksonville, Florida? A. Sam Cooke. B. Otis Redding, C. Ray Charles, or D. Wilson Pickett? This is a hard one. I want to say either Otis or Wilson Pickett. What do you think, Matt? You want to go with with D. Otis Redding? Okay. Okay, we're two for three. It's it's Ray. It's Ray Charles. It's I actually, Ray. I had a, a a a hint for you behind me. Where is he on? He was Limp Biscuit. Yes, Limp Biscuit. Ah, oh, he's right above him. There it is, Ray Charles. There we go. Yeah. Of course, yes. Ray Charles, right above Limp Biscuit. Right. It's it's every, yeah. it's everybody uh, from Duval County. Uh, yeah. Uh, so born on born on September twenty third. Ray Charles. He yeah. and I share a birthday. Oh, very nice. Different years, of course. No, if if you it's the same year, you look amazing for your age, Rock. I'm not as old as Ray Charles. Amazing. Uh, okay, number four. Tom Petty was born in what Florida town? Pensacola, A, B, Ocala, C, Gainesville, or D, Melbourne? D, Gainesville. C, yeah, for sure. Gainesville is correct. Now we're going to take that... Okay to another level for the fifth question. What other famous musician taught Tom Petty some musical theory and guitar slash piano? Was it A, Dwayne Allman? Was it B, Waylon Jennings? Was it C, Don Felder? Or was it D, Roy Orbison? What do you think? Uh, Well, I I know it wasn't Orbison because he didn't he talks about meeting him in the Wilburys. Mm-hmm. Did Dwayne? Uh, what? Nope, I don't think he played piano. Sure. Who, who was uh, C again? We had uh, 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 Waylon Jennings is B and Don Felder is C. I'm going to say go with C, Matt. I'm with you. C. There it is. I like the de- deductive reasoning, guys. Don Felder is correct, who was also a Gainesville man. To, uh, a fun fact that a lot of people don't know about the Eagles. 
two of their uh, members, Gainesville folks, uh, Bernie oh. Bernie Ledden and Don Felder were both from Gainesville. Uh, nice. And Bernie Ledden's dad was a professor at the University of Florida. Uh, yeah. yeah, wild. Let's see. This is question six. So we're four out of five. Question six. Which of the following bands started in Tallahassee, Florida? Was it Matchbox 20, A, B, Creed, C, Blink-182, or D, Eve 6? I didn't know. <laughs> uh, didn't Huffer, like, play in a Matchbox 20 kind of cover? Yeah, let's go with, yeah, go with, go with Matchbox 20. Go with Matchbox 20. Close, close. They were Orlando. That was being it. Ah. Matchbox Twenty came in Orlando. Creed is Tallahassee. Creed came up. Uh, yeah, Scott and uh, and Tremonti both uh, were students at uh, at FSU actually when they started the band. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a what a run! I looked at Creed's like I mean. They're, those two albums were just insanely popular. Their sophomore and their their junior albums. Good lord, those things sold some, and then they just imploded, just yeah. off the map. But anyways, we're four for six. Two more questions. So uh, seventh question: Which Eric Clapton album was recorded in Florida? Was it A four six one Ocean Boulevard? B, Money and Cigarettes, C, Slow Hand, or D, Backless? What do you think, Brock? Yeah, I, I don't know. It'll just be a guess. <laughs> be uh, a let's guess. go with the, the 416. Yeah. Or is that the obvious? Yeah, is that it? Four, 461 Ocean Boulevard, that's what we're going Four, with? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Nice. Nice. I went... I went with the switch, you guys. I went one that was yeah, an obvious, yeah. one non-obvious on the yeah. albums. But I'll tell good you, pivot. I was looking out for that. Yeah, good call. When you go, when you go back and you look at how many albums were recorded in Miami, so many good albums were recorded in Miami. It's crazy. It is. I mean, yeah. not too surprising considering the weather and whatnot, and the accessibility to fun. Uh, that people like oh. to have when they're recording albums. So, you know, it makes sense, but still. Uh, last question. Ronnie Van Sant was the le- original lead singer of Leonard Skinnerd. What band did Ronnie's brother Donnie sing for? It was it A, the Donnie, Outlaw... Donnie Van Sant? Donnie Van Sant. Donnie. Okay. Was it A, the Outlaws? Was it B, 38 Special? Was it C, Marshall Tucker Band, or was it D, Molly Hatchet? There were actually just, uh, you know, there were three, you know, there were three uh, Van Sant brothers. Ronnie, Johnny, and Donnie. Johnny was the one that took over for Ronnie when he died in the, the plane crash. Right. Uh, I, it's, a, it's really just a guess, but I, I'm gonna, I feel 38 special, Matt. Do it. 38 special. Do it. Nicely it. done. There it is. Nice. And it's he, <laughs> 38 special is also because of that. They're also a Duval County special, of course. There we go. Six for eight, guys. You know Florida. You're you're ready to play. That's right. You are ready to play Florida. I am confident. 
Feel free in any breaks between songs to use our trivia questions. You can do that if you want. You can throw those out for the listeners, you know? I'm sure they'll appreciate it. What the are they doing? What is this? They're giving us <laughs> quiz questions? Uh, listeners, you can check them out. Tampa on the 26th and Sanford on the 27th and Fort Lauderdale on the 28th. And you want to reserve your copy for the re-release of Sweet Oblivious Antidote. You can listen to it on the 20th. Matt, Brock, thank you guys for coming on the show once again. Thanks for having us, man. We thank appreciate you. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Let's do it again next year. Definitely. Maybe, maybe even before. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, right now, let's take a listen to Suburban Speedball right here on the Doc G Show.
We are back here on the Doc G Show. Fantastic, Mike. Perpetual Groove. I was pretty surprised with how they did on the old Florida rock quiz. They did pretty good with my questions yeah. on Florida. Six for eight. Six for eight. They know They know Florida rock. Good for nice. them. Good for them. I'm, I'm betting if you would have taken that quiz, I don't think you would have got six for eight. No. No I offense, so. but I don't think you would have got six yeah, for eight. Yeah, I don't think so. It's uh, not, but I don't know. Now that you're you're three for four on birthday suits, hey. I know you're just you're just dominating the trivia these days. You know, <laughs> get my confidence uh, up. Exactly, and we'll you'll go on a streak of like not getting any for like three months, and then we'll be like, <laughs> oh yikes. Uh, Mike, listeners need to go check out. They need to get that uh, that new release, the 20th anniversary of uh, Sweet Oblivious Antidote. Fantastic. I would definitely recommend it. Uh, and I would also recommend going to see them. If you are a Florida listener somewhere near Tampa, uh, Sanford, which is you know fairly close to your old stomping grounds, Mike, in Orlando, yep. Yep. Or, uh, or Fort Lauderdale, go, uh, go check them out. Go check them out. Uh, yeah. But... But, Mike, right now, we need to go to the fastest-growing segment in the world. Doc G Top 3. Mike, I, I forgot again to give it out to the listeners. I apologize. I will get consistent for 2023. You will have next week's Top 3 <laughs> topic. I've got it for this week, for the next week. But I email or I text Mike. I was thinking about, like, what do we want for the Top 3 this week? And I was like, you know what a good thing is? Hmm. School. Yeah. Word. What are your best grades in school? Because we all know there were grades that were high points in your lives and then some that just blur together, Mike. There's a couple of grades in there. I couldn't tell you what I did in those grades. I remember, like, nothing from them. Yeah. You got, like, a couple of little lame blurs, and that's about it, you know? Yeah. But other than that, it's just like, yeah. But then there are other ones that just stick out, you know, that you're like, that yeah. was a year right there, you know? Mm -hmm. So first off, Mike, uh, so again, clarify, listeners, favorite grades, top three grades from kindergarten to 12th grade. What are your top three? Mike, I'm going to give you my honorable mention first. My honorable mention goes to kindergarten. Mm. Hypothetically, I think it would be if I go back now, and repeat any grade, it'd be my favorite. You know? Really? Yeah. There's no worries. You're just finger painting. You're taking naps. You're you're making popcorn necklaces. Awesome. You know, you're <laughs> doing you're doing things like that, you know? I, yeah. I don't think I sh I fully appreciated when I was in the grade nap time, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. The little blue and red mats. Did you have those? Yeah, exactly. I didn't fully appreciate just at like one o'clock in the afternoon being like, you know what? F this. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. Like, that's an awesome thing to do. Everybody should be able to do that. And you get to do it in kindergarten. You don't yeah, get to you do, do that. In, you don't get to do that in 12th grade, you know? Or first but, grade. Or first grade. They get rid of it as soon they as get you get into it. first grade. Yeah. You Naps, know? first year, that's it. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if, you know, I mean, uh, Spain is really big on siestas. I wonder if they have siestas all the way up through high school. I'm going to do some research. Mm, they probably mm. don't. Nope. Anyways, Mike, number one on my list huh? would be, or sorry, not a number one, honorable mention on my list, kindergarten. Yeah. Do you have any honorable mentions? Um, No, but I will say, like, for me, kindergarten was... Uh, 
was probably the worst. Oh, okay. might have been the worst one because I was realizing this is what I have to do for the next for I don't even know forever in my that's, little brain. That that's that's sort of you know uh, Norm Macdonald has stand up where he talks about that and he talks about like how great it was prior to school and he would just go yeah. outside and play with the stick and that was his whole day and nothing ever happened and then all of a sudden he got bus to a prison every single day where they kept him <laughs> inside and he'd say every now and yeah. then he'd lo look out the window and he'd see his old friend the stick just leaning against a <laughs> leaning against a tree and he'd be like oh now there it is yeah and i get it i get it i don't know yeah. i was always pretty excited about just like you know who was there you know get pretty amped about other <clears> folks <throat> there i don't know but I probably which, had I probably had some like issues, man. But I was like missing my parents. I was like, my mom and dad are where are they? Oh yeah, man, that's all good. I don't that's know. Sa sa sadly, no offense to mom and dad, I had no recollection of that. I was yeah, just like, I was, I was upset. peace, guys. I'm out. <laughs> this is great. Uh, funny, now, funny. anyways, what's your what's yeah. your number three, Mike? So my number three gonna be second grade. Second grade. Um, I was in. Uh, my teacher was Miss Barsati. Mm, she Ms. was a Barsati. great lady. Yeah, Miss Barsati. And uh, I was in class with two of my favorite girlfriends that oh. were not actually girlfriends, but like I had crushes. Lisa you were trying. Thomas. I was so, oh, I was trying. Lisa Thomas Shout and out. Brittany Tanner. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, those, those sound like <laughs> such generic second grader names. That's awesome. So true. That they were awesome. great. They were Brittany beautiful. Brittany Tanner. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, just off their names. I'm going. Brittany Tanner. What? That's, I'm yeah, just, Brittany uh, Tanner. She was kindergarten, and then we had second grade uh, class together, and it was then like she got reunion. Her, she got her mojo back in yeah. second grade. You're like, oh crap. Yeah. yeah, my second grade was no good. My teacher was frightening. She was a very scary lady. Miss <laughs> Howard. She was Ms. frightening. Howard. Miss uh, Howard was frightening, like man. It, yeah. uh, I got sent to the uh, principals for chewing on my arm huh? in second grade. Not actually chewing mm. on my arm. Here's what I was doing, Mike. I was raising my hand, and I just had my uh, teeth on my arm as I was raising my hand. Because, you know, you're yeah. in second grade. What the doing i don't know yeah you're and she was like, your head yeah she was <laughs> no, like are you biting your arm and i was like no not really she's like there are teeth marks on your arm go to the principals and i was like jeez all right that's weird all right fine so i went to the principals and then my friend zach got offended by this and flipped her off and so then ah. zach got sent to the principal's office for me i was like way to take a bullet for me zach that's nice <laughs> and then then our friend lee just started crying and because his two friends got sent to the principal's office. So he ended up in the principal's office as well. So then all three of us are sitting in there. And I'm like, so I started all of this. And Lee, you're just a crybaby. Okay, cool. <laughs> awesome. Uh, nice, nice. But my number three, Mike, eighth grade. Eighth grade. Eighth grade, which I know it's a weird one. It's a weird huh. one. I know many yeah. people hate eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, I had a blast. Like yeah. it was because it like, you know, you're you're the king of the school at that time, yeah, you're the middle a school, of middle school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like we just did ridiculous crap and we were getting to be like old enough to actually feel like you're an adult, you know, and yeah. even though you're not anywhere close, but you're just like, yeah, I'm so awesome. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I had so much fun in eighth grade. Oh, eighth grade was the best. I loved eighth grade. So that eighth was my number was three. Good. Yeah. 
Number two for you, Mike. Number two. And if you would have asked me at the time, I would say it was my worst grade ever. But fifth grade for me was amazing. I look back Mm. on fifth grade. Miss Fleming, uh, she was a tough teacher, but she, um, man, I, I think about her probably every week. Every every few days, I think about Miss Fleming and her wisdom and all nice. and everything that she gave to the class. I took a I took manners in uh, in manners. fifth grade. We had a manners class in fifth grade, and if you pass the manners class, you uh, Miss Fleming took us to a nice restaurant. Oh, um, and, and you we, got to display your manners. Yeah, we at the nice our manners test. Yeah, it was great, man. It was great. What great. what what restaurant do you remember? It was um, so White Castle. We were, Girl, come on! <laughs> White Castle. Um, it was going to be I can't remember. Oh, Rainforest Cafe. That's where she usually took her students for manners mm. class. Rainforest Cafe. But we ended up going to like a, a little. Uh, it was right next to the school. It was um, there was a golf course called Greenleaf. It was a mm. golf. That was the name of the golf course. And in Greenleaf, they had a a nice uh, restaurant. Uh, and that's where we went as a class. Nice. So whatever nice. that place is called. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll ruin it, Mike. My number one, fifth grade. I got to, since you said it, my number one is fifth grade. It's not oh, my number okay. two. Cool. cool fifth cool, cool, grade, cool. you're kings of the elementary school, man. Yeah. Yeah. You got big dog status. You're And yeah. you're still too young to really know or give a shit about anything that's going on that's wrong in the world or in life. So you're just like, awesome. I'm yeah, 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know everything. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's great, man. Yeah. And we just did, we did so many ridiculous things. Me and my friends in fifth grade, we like, uh, we, we like, uh, sort of at the end of the year, we, we trashed, talk about opposite of manners. Wait, what? We trashed our, <laughs> our, uh, teacher's room. Like we didn't trash it. Like really, yeah. we just like, uh, drew all over a board with the, uh, the dry erase markers. And we like put all the uh, chairs on top of the desk and like things mm. like that. And we were like, take that miss hood. We're crazy rebels. And she's like, you guys are morons. And we're like, all right. <laughs> cool. But yeah, I oh, fifth grade was the best. Yeah, it was fifth awesome. Grade was awesome. Yeah. Was All great. right, you're number one, Mike. Hey, quick. Uh, also, in fifth grade, I got my first pair of Jordans. So there oh, was a couple weeks there yeah. where I was the man. Uh, oh yeah. So I'm uh, guessing, like, what what would those be like? Thirteens. They were Something the. Like that? I think they were the Jordan 11.5s. They were the Jordan like pro. So it wasn't like oh, I didn't have. Okay. I didn't have. You got like, like the Jumpmans. Yeah, you didn't get the man, real. The Jumpman Pros. Those were my first Jordans. Yeah, no, that's a nice. That's a nice pair. I like yeah. those actually. Those yeah. those were good. I mean, they're not true AJs. Nah. But sometimes when you're not raking in the dough, you can't get true yeah. AJs. You know. Yeah. It's understandable. I I. I there were a couple times that I got real AJs, and believe you me, I was proud of those things. That I got them. <laughs> Doc G, what's even sad? I actually picked them out. Those were the ones that I picked out. My grandmother was like, "For Christmas, you can get any shoe you want," and wow. I was like, "I want these Jordans." And uh, I grabbed the uh, the Jumpmans. <laughs> shout shout like, out to Grandma no though, idea. for getting them, man. Yeah, shout shout out to her. Uh, best um, Christmas present. Um, uh, no, no, we all know Shaq. Yeah. Shack card was the greatest Christmas present. Oh, no for offense sure, for to sure, Grandma. For sure, for sure, for sure. Take that, Grandma! No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Grandma wins. Grandma always wins. So true. All right, your number one, Mike. My number one would have to be senior year of high school. 
Mm. For sure, mm. senior year of high school. I was on the uh, TV news, Doc G. And oh, I don't know if nice. you know anything about being on the TV news, but you're kind of a celebrity we in weren't, the school. <laughs> we weren't high tech enough to actually have TV. <laughs> nope. I was, I was on, as I am now, on the intercom. The overhead. <laughs> so I did all the announcements, Mike, at the beginning yeah. of the of the day. So that nice. was me. I got reprimanded um, because we we had to do the uh, pledge of allegiance every day, mm. and uh, I literally this was not uh, on purpose. I literally forgot the under God portion of it. <laughs> I was just going through it, and that doesn't fly so well in the old uh, Bible Belt, Mike. Nope. Folks are not. Fans of no you way. forgetting that they're waiting for that. <laughs> the uh, you know, it's it's sort of like <laughs> they're an, waiting for that lyric. Yeah, yeah, it's it's sort of it's sort of like a football game. So when they get to the home of the brave portion in the uh, national anthem, and there's somebody with an air horn, it's like, hey, yeah, you know, that was you know, <laughs> sort of what happened at my school. But I I did the uh, I forgot the under God part, and I remember as soon as I did it, our uh, secretary just looked at me with this, I hope you die look. And I was just like, that's a fact. Oh, oh. And it took me a couple of seconds before like I realized what I did. And then I was like, oh, whoopsie doo. And I, I, now I, I said, I literally said, I paused for a little bit and I went, oh, fiddlesticks. What? <laughs> and then I just uh, kept on going. That's how I uh, recovered very well with fiddlesticks, Mike. Um, Mike, my number one, I was thinking senior year, you know, but I'm not so much with all the pageantry and the pomp and circumstance of senior yeah. year. I didn't like all that. Like in eighth grade, fifth grade, you don't get that because they know you're going on to another school. So they're like, ah, yeah. who gives a crap, you mm -hmm. know, but senior year, every single thing you do, they're like, oh, get it, take this in. Yeah. Going to be the last time you're like, shut up and yeah, just yeah, do yeah. it. Good Lord. So I, uh, my number two, I had to give 11th grade. Because 11th, 11th grade, you get some of the things that are senior year-esque, yeah. but none of the pageantry stuff. Mm-hmm. Nope. Plus, you, you realize, like, that's the first time I feel like, too, you realize you can really hang with the senior group, too. Mm hmm Like, you're like, oh, these guys are only a year older than me. When before, it seemed like they were like, you know, 37 years older than you. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, ah, the senior it's year. so it, wild. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly it. When you're a junior, like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> These guys are only, a, some of them are less than a year older than me. That is crazy. Yeah. All right. Wild. So, you know, you know, that's, that's my, my that 11th grade. So 8th, 11th, and 5th. Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike was going 2nd. Uh, what was your what was number two, Mike? Second, oh, fifth, fifth second, yeah. fifth, and 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 senior year. Yeah, there we go. Senior. There we go, Mike. Our our topic for next week. Get excited. Top three Tom Hanks movies. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's good. There we go. Like Top that. three Tom Hanks movies. What's your favorite <laughs> Tommy Tommy movie? I know Mike's got a lot of them. It's gonna take some whittling down. There's. Oh yeah. There's some great ones. Mike, I think you can get one of these birthday suits. I don't think you're going to get both of them. But let's go with the one that I think you can get first. Okay. Uh, born <laughs> on January 18, 1980 in Los Angeles, California, our birthday suit wearer grew up playing a lot of basketball. He helped his high school win two state champions championships, won the slam dunk contest, and was nicknamed Mr. Dunk. 
Mm. He didn't turn to acting until late high school. His first role was Nick Andopoulos on Freaks and Geeks. He land. He then landed the role of Marshall Erickson on the show How I Met Your Mother. In 2008, he was the lead role in a movie he wrote, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. He started releasing a series of young adult novels in 2007, 17, the first being titled The Other World. Name that birthday suit wearer. Tall dude. No. Tall uh, dude. The lead Sarah character Marshall. in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, I thought you could get this one. I, it is a name. I mean, he honestly, he hasn't really done too much. He was in. He was a little bit in. Uh, uh, this is this is the end. He had a little uh, role in this there. He the had a end. couple. Yeah, he had a couple um, of little other roles. But Jason Segal. Jason uh, yeah, Segal. Okay, three for five, Mike. Three for five. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna get this last one. This okay. is. I'll be really amazed. This is a uh, foosball player here, so and it's not a super famous foosball player. So we'll here we go. Born on January 18th, 1999 in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Our birthday suit wearer grew up loving football and basketball. And even though he received several scholarship offers for basketball, he was a five-star recruit in football and accepted a scholarship to Clemson University. In his sophomore year, he became a starter and helped Clemson win a national championship over Alabama. After his junior year, our birthday suit wearer decided to forego his final season and go into the NFL draft. He was selected by the Cincinnati Bengals, 33rd overall. He had 908 receiving yards his first season and 1,091 his second season. This season, in Week 17 against the Buffalo Bills, he caught a pass and was tackled by DeMar Hamlin, who collapsed on the field and required CPR. Name that birthday suit wearer. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I thought maybe you would have caught up on some of the DeMar Hamlin stuff and seen, like, who hit him. Like, I thought maybe that might be, you know, Mm. it. Yeah. Regardless, T. Higgins, Mike. T. Higgins. Yes, yes. Turning the big 2-3 for T. Higgins. <laughs> Two. Oh, 24. Sorry, not 24. to cut him. 24. Mm. 24. Good fun age, age, Mike. Yeah, it Good was. age, wow. you know? Not, not, not bad. He did feel, he felt very guilty there for a while after that, you know, after uh, uh, causing DeMar Hamlin to go into cardiac arrest. But it's like, you know... What can you do? It wasn't yeah. your fault. Like that's the that's the sport. Like you weren't, you know. And that's what that's what Demar Hamlin's parents told uh, T Higgins because like he, you know, contacted him. He was all upset about it, and they were like, "Hey, eh, it's the game, man. We're gonna we're all in this, all this together. Let's get it, you know." But anyways, happy birthday to T Higgins. Happy birthday to Jason Segal, and happy birthday to Kevin Costner. Mike, you are now. 50%. Three for six. So this one brought you down a little bit. Hopefully, uh, January 25th is good to you, you know? Hopefully, yeah. that's a solid one. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Mike, I am super excited. Like I said, we have got awesome guests coming up. I can't wait. We've got Big Gigantic. We've got Eric Griffin. 
We've got Marty Stewart. We've got Dave Mason. We've got Hotel Fiction. We have got Cowboy Rollins. We have got Nico Moon. We have got guest out the wazoo i can't wait so true to talk to some of these folks it's going to be fantastic it is a load of 2023 and as i told you mike w- the listeners returned so we've got people listening to these shows it's fantastic Thank you guys we appreciate yeah. you yeah and until next week guys i'm gonna have to wrap it up i have been your host doc g with me as always the guy that is exerting all of his privileges of that associate arts degree <laughs> None other than Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Doc G, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Love it. Of Happy course. Back 2023. Even though it's 2023. Our yes. No, no, no. No. It's a, we can celebrate it for the whole year, Mike. Yes. 2023, you know? Jordan year of the 2000s. Yay. Fantastic. True, true, true. true. Fantastic. Yeah. And until next week, guys, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it doo da.